Hey everyone, welcome to episode 17 of Evolving with Ben. If you're a returning listener, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here and so excited to see that you continue to be a part of this journey. If this is your first time listening to Evolving with Ben, welcome. I am so happy that you found my podcast. If you're looking to be inspired or perhaps you want to help inspire others, you came to the right place. You see, Evolving with Ben is all about inspiring people. In the episodes, I share stories from my personal journey. I share how I've overcome many obstacles in life and how I continue to overcome challenges and evolve. Evolving with Ben also creates a platform for people like you to feel inspired and motivated to share your stories so that you can help inspire others. You see, I truly do believe that we all have incredible stories and it's my goal to inspire you to continue to evolve, but also inspire you to share your stories so that you can help inspire others. So I welcome your stories and I also welcome you to my show. Anything goes folks, anything goes on Evolving with Ben because you know what? We all need a little inspiration and motivation. I am so excited for today's episode because I have a very special guest with me. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mary Pat Varga. Mary Pat is an author, speaker, communication consultant, and speech coach who has had her practice based in Chicago for over 25 years, folks. You see, one of the things that she does so well is that she works with clients to help them develop their skills as storytellers so that they can more effectively engage their customers, community, and colleagues. Mary Pat, welcome to Evolving with Ben. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you? I am good. I'm good. It's Friday, Ben. So this is, uh, this is awesome. And I'm just delighted to spend the morning with you. So thank you for inviting me. Yes, thank you so much. And happy Friday, indeed. Uh, Mary Pat, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Um, we're going to be talking about stories and the importance of storytelling. So Mary Pat, why are stories so important for leaders to tell? Thanks, Ben. I, you know, storytelling is as old as, you know, cave drawings, cave paintings, and sitting around a campfire uh, with the, uh, the flames crackling and, <laughs> and people telling stories, right? So while we're focusing a little bit on how leaders might use uh, stories, it's also the same thing just in our personal and social lives. Think about it, you know, you're at a party. Mm. Um, you tend to sort of gravitate to it's often the storyteller the person the person that's got a few tales to tell and has got people engrossed or laughing so stories are really at the essence why we tell them is for engagement mm -hmm. and retention you know we tend to remember stories right um a lot of times we hear a lecture or we hear um, someone speaking and we may not remember immediately the point that they're trying to make or perhaps the business point they're trying to make, but we will remember the story. And that is something that anchors us to the main point that they're trying to communicate. So retention is a big part of it. And as I said, engagement is another I like to think about storytelling as helping us balance our expertise with our humanity. Mm. Stories is, are really what helps us become authentic and memorable. If we lead Ben only with our expertise, think about it. You know, you mm -hmm. meet somebody in the workplace who is an expert in their area and they may go on and on 
and on, and their ideas may be brilliant, but our eyes may begin to gloss over a little bit. And what we want to do is make sure that we marry our authenticity mm -hmm. and our humanity with that expertise. So whenever we reveal a little bit about ourselves, whether it's that we're a parent or that we've had certain challenges uh, that we've had to overcome, it helps us connect with our fellow human beings and we become memorable in that way. You're a big proponent then of, of storytelling, so I know you agree. Oh, well, thank you, Mary Pat. Yes, no, I completely agree with you. And I love what you said about the engagement piece and the retention piece, right? Uh, because I think that's a twofold that that, you know, when you think about it from a business perspective setting, right, leaders engage and retain their people, their teams. And, and you now let's take it back to a personal setting where you talk about the party, right? People gravitate towards the person that's telling that story. And truth be told, I, I've, I've had experiences in the professional world where, you know, my eyes have glazed over mm -hmm. because it's kind of like, get to the fun part, get to the fun part of the story, right? Where, where do we get to where, you know, you're going to tell me this exciting, thrilling part of your of your conversation or story that you're sharing with me. So I couldn't agree with you more, Mary Pat. Now, yeah, you know, I was just going to add, Ben, you know, there's a formula that I like to use, which is information plus emotion equals retention, right? So you can have a lot of information, which of course is important. But if you marry that with some emotional content, which comes from storytelling, mm -hmm. you're much more likely to have your listener retain what you've said. Absolutely. Mary Pat, I'm going to ask you again, what is that formula? Information? Plus emotion. Plus emotion. Equals retention. I love that. I love that. Mary Pat, I think we need to start a trend with this formula. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Pat, you've talked a lot about signature stories. What are signature stories? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think I always say that leaders um, and we talk about I talk about leaders then very broadly. I think mm -hmm. if you have people reporting to you, if you are somebody who is looked up to and respected, for instance, in the workplace, you're a leader. It doesn't necessarily have to do with a title per se, mm -hmm. but I believe every leader should have two or three signature stories, ones that are unique to them mm -hmm. and yet have universal themes, something that everybody can relate to. And they're usually connected to um, personal victories, stumbling blocks, challenges, things that an individual has um, had to overcome in their lives. But those are, those are what signature stories are. I love it. Thank you so much for explaining that to us. And, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more also on having two or three signature stories, sort of like your elevator pitch, right? Something that you want to uh, highlight about yourself. And, you know, this takes me back to networking. You know, I love to network. Uh, unfortunately, this year, we haven't been doing a lot of it in person, but even sure. virtually, you know, when you have those two or three authentic stories of what you want to highlight, it really helps. Let's take this back to what you said earlier, engage your audience, engage the person that you're trying to impress, whether that be for a job interview or, you know, to take on the next project in your organization, whatever the case may be. So I, I again, couldn't agree with you more on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we want to remember that 
Uh, sometimes people will say to me, well, Mary Pat, that's great. You know, you're a professional speaker. I'm sure you've got a lot of stories or Ben, you know, you're a podcaster, you know, stories come naturally to you. And a lot of people think I just don't have those stories. Mm -hmm. But the reality is from the minute our, our, you know, head lifts from the pillow in the morning till we uh, go to bed at night, life happens and stories unfold right in front of it. Uh, so it might be, um, a conversation with the Uber driver, you know, it might be um, something that somebody said in the grocery store line. It might be uh, something that you read in a book or a new or uh, a news article that caught mm -hmm. your attention. You know, stories are everywhere, and we simply have to become what I like to refer to as professional noticers. Mm -hmm. We've got to mm -hmm. notice the stories, and we're always looking for. How can we translate those personal experiences um, to help people perhaps understand a business point or a certain ideology or move them forward a little bit? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think that's that's you've hit it there with just becoming more observant, right? Because there mm -hmm. are stories all around us. And Mary Pat, you know, there's a question that pops to mind is folks that are not used to being observant or folks that are just really starting to tap into that skill because i'm assuming that being observant for stories is a skill set that we all need to develop what what would you recommend how can we become more observant and how can we capture the moment great perfect um couple things i would recommend and actually i was going to grab um a notebook one thing that you can start with, right? I always carry, Ben, some sort of old school notebook around with me. Um, and because, you know, you, you want to write things down. And, and one way I think about it, this is another formula for you. Um, uh, notice, note, and narrate. Notice, note, and narrate. And again, let's say there is that quirky, funny conversation with an Uber driver um, as you're traveling from point A to point B. I like to just take that moment uh, after I get out of the, um, of the car mm -hmm. and just jot a couple of, uh, you know, notes about that uh, interaction. But first, I'm going to notice, I'm going to say, gosh, that, that driver just got me laughing. And that was such an interesting observation and it made me feel hopeful or concerned, whatever it is. So first you just notice it triggered some emotions in you. And then the second part is note. As I said, you take out your notebook, you jot yourself some notes. Um, in my office, Ben, I, I have like stacks of napkins and scraps <laughs> of paper that, you know, anything I could grab when I had one of those moments to, to preserve those memories. And then the third part is narrate. Mm -hmm. want to start sort of experimenting with speaking that story out loud. So if you're going to use that story, for instance, in a presentation at work, or you might be thinking you're going to try it out at the next uh, live networking event that you may go to, mm -hmm. you may sort of talk it through and narrate it to a few friends and ask yourself, gosh, is the point that I thought it was making, is that getting through? Is it funny in the same way that I found it to be funny? So it starts with old school notice, note, and narrate. The second tool that I will suggest 
is one that I find to be extraordinarily helpful. And you know what? I learned it from a gentleman named Max Dixon many, many years ago. And um, it starts by identifying the roles that you play in your life. So one way you can do this is get out a blank sheet of paper and write down all of those roles that you've pay, played past, present, and maybe mm -hmm. even future. So if I was doing it, my roles might be um, mother, spouse, daughter, sister, speaker, consultant, teacher, basketball coach, dancer, pizza lover, movie fan, right? You can go on and on and on. And most of us, Ben, if we had time, we would write down hundreds of roles that we play because we do play a lot both in our personal and our professional lives. Mm -hmm. So you start with that list of roles and then you look at the roles and you ask yourself in the context of those roles, did I make a decision that perhaps changed the direction of my life. You know, I was going left and then suddenly I went right. Mm -hmm. Or did I make a discovery that was perhaps a light bulb moment for me? You know, it illuminated something new and different. Mm -hmm. um, or was there a conflict that taught me an important life lesson? And you can even ask yourself, is there a turning point in there? Uh, something uh, that really, um, change the direction of your life. So again, you look at all of those things and then you simply, so let's say you choose your role. I've, I've heard you share so many stories, uh, Ben, about your role, for instance, as a father mm -hmm. um, and conversations with your daughter and things that you highlighted with your daughter, um, with your daughters. And so you might start with that role, for instance, of father. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then say, huh, did I make a decision that was really pivotal? Um, was there a conflict that I experienced in my role as a father? Or, um, you know, uh, some sort of discovery that was a light bulb moment. Uh -huh. I always remember uh, working with a business, business president and he wanted to have this really important meeting and with his uh, team members, his global leaders. And he said, you know, I'm just really struggling because I don't feel like they are moving uh, people through the change that we're experiencing at an or within our organization in the same way that I would like them to. So I'm bringing them together mm -hmm. and my cat's gonna come visit us in a minute here, Ben. Oh, but, I love uh, it. So, <laughs> um, there he is, hold on. There he is. There he is. This is Eli. This is Hi, Eli. Eli. Welcome to Evolving with Ben. Look at that. We have two guests in one episode. <laughs> I How love about it. it. Um, so anyway, he was telling me, so I, I, he, he picked his role as a father and I asked him, I said, was there any um, decision discovery or conflict? And he said, well, actually, I took my daughter to Disneyland recently and I remember walking through the busy crowd with her and holding her hand and kind of dragging her through this, this crowd. This was, you know, uh, prior to uh, COVID, obviously. And he said, mm -hmm. I remember her tugging back on my hand and saying, Daddy, this is no fun. I can't see where we're going. Okay. So he put his daughter up on his shoulders and within a few minutes, she was saying, Daddy, it's so much better when you can see what's ahead. Wow. So he said, well, that's the story. And I said, it's perfect. And why don't you start your message to your global leaders with that story? And he did just that. 
And then he paused and he said, why do I tell you this story? Well, I tell you this story because what I see happening in our organization is that we're dragging our team members through the change that we're experiencing right now without painting the picture of where we're going to be on the other side of it. So at the wow. end, he said, what I want you to do is, you know, literally put your, your leaders, your team members on your shoulders and paint the picture of the future and take them there. And all of that started then really with just this little memory that he mm -hmm. had, you know, about his daughter in Disneyland. And the cool, the reason I like to share that story is because I also saw how it transformed the way he leads. He was somebody who was very buttoned up, very mm -hmm. formal, never really shared any personal information um, with his employee base. Once he did that, Ben, I remember being there at that presentation. People came up to him afterwards and they were saying, oh my gosh, we didn't even know you were a dad. Um, I'm a dad too. You know what I mean? It made that, it's a great example of expertise and humanity. It made him more human, yes. more authentic by sharing um, those kinds, that, that personal experience. And so now it's really transformed the way he leads and he is much more apt to share some of that personal information. Don't you find, Ben, that sometimes even if you share with somebody that you're a father, it kind of creates an instant connection? Yeah, no, absolutely, Mary Pat. And I, th I think that's the whole beauty of storytelling, right? That's They're so powerful. And I don't think we realize how powerful our stories are to inspire people. I mean, I'm so inspired by this story you just shared with me that, you know, Daddy, it's so much better when you look ahead. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that for a father to hear that I've just made my daughter's experience 10 times better by putting her on my shoulder, but now let's translate that to the professional world. We right. are- Go ahead, Ben. No, and I say, you know, when, you th when I think about it from a professional perspective now, it's like, what an aha moment for us to, as leaders now understand that our culture changes, whatever it is that we're trying to do with our teams, it's so much better if they can see the vision, if they can see what's ahead, if we're transparent, we're authentic. And you know, organizations and leaders often talk about, we need to be transparent with our teams. We need to be transparent. Yes, we do need to, so let's act on it, right? Let's use these experiences to help them see the future, to help them look ahead. And yes, exactly, Ben. And what you're reminding me of too is another important word, which is vulnerability. Right, mm -hmm. and so what we uh, stories really allow us to be vulnerable because you also highlighted kind of the next step with the exercise, which is, you know, once you identify a role and then mm -hmm. think about was there a decision, discovery, or conflict, your next step is to step back from that and ask yourself: Is there a business point? Um, that I can illuminate with mm -hmm. this story. Um, you know, are you wanting to talk about teamwork, loyalty, drive, persistence? Um, once you start kind of unearthing these stories, you mm -hmm. can think about what's the, what's the lesson that I want to teach here? I think the other very important point that you made me think about is while the stories are true and authentic to us, 
we have to quickly pivot after telling the story to share with the audience how they apply to to them right right so for instance um that's what the leader i just mentioned said to you he told that personal story mm-hmm. but then he said, turned to his leaders and said now i want you to think about how could you actually paint the picture of the future to your team members yeah. what is it that you need to do differently starting tomorrow and that's that whole idea of universal theme okay um, it's our story but ultimately we want to make our audience the hero of the story that's wonderful and i yeah it makes it makes it makes perfect sense you know it's it's really making them part of the story helping them have their aha moment as well and you know another thing you you said vulnerability mary pat um in storytelling like you said puts you in a vulnerable situation but here's the thing i find many people get socially awkward not many people like to network um you know you may be asked to do a presentation for the first time in front of an audience or the executive board one way i think and 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 i've done this before to help ease the nerves is I try to get there a little early and I start with a story, try to make that personal connection. You asked me a question just a few moments ago, right? When I tell someone I'm a father, we find a mutual connection immediately. Try storytelling, you know, when you're nervous, right? Um, If you're going to present, if you're nervous to social network or whatever the case may be, start with a story. You know, like you said, Mary Pat, find that mutual connection to help ease the nerves as well, because it'll give you an opportunity to also evolve um, as as you're talking, as you're networking or presenting. Yes, I agree. And, you know, you you just got me thinking. I was working with somebody who um, is in the dairy business and they were, um, his company was producing a new yogurt uh, to be launched onto the marketplace. Okay. And, you know, he was getting ready for this big sales presentation he was going to do. And to warm up the group, you know, first thing in the morning, he said, you know, um, I'm going to be telling you uh, a bunch of wonderful things about this new line of yogurt but perhaps the best testimonial I can give you is my five-year-old daughter, Emily, who this morning at the breakfast table tried the yogurt for the first time. And she said, Daddy, when you're doing your presentation, just be sure to tell them that me, Emily, (laughs) says it's the best yogurt in the world. And to your point, Ben, it was this kind of fun icebreaker, got everybody sort of laughing. brought it down to the human authentic level. I love that. I love it. It truly, it, I think it boils down to authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, folks, it doesn't, it doesn't get any more authentic than this. You know, Mary Pat, you, you shared those formulas with us and, and those tips on how to find your stories, how to find your authentic stories, be more observant, uh, reflect, mm-hmm. right, throughout your day. I, I, I love the, and look, Mary Pat, I've got my notebook there and you've taught me this before. We've talked about this before and and it's so true. It's such a powerful, simple item, but this is how you find your authentic stories. Just like Mary Pat has told us, be observant, jot it down, reflect, right? Um, your, Your formula of information plus emotion means retention. Think about that formula as mm-hmm. you're reflecting on your day, on your week, as you're trying to find what's authentically yours to share with people. 
Yeah, and Ben, I think the other um, real simple thing that we can do is notice when we are drawn in to other people's stories. So, um, you know, right now during the pandemic, of course, you know, I was thinking this morning um, as I was taking my dog for a walk and thinking about our conversation, uh-huh. about how many of us right now are being sustained by different series that we're watching. As an example, I just finished watching uh, The Queen's Gambit um, on, on Netflix, right? And I just loved that. I heard right. it so good. Right, this is storytelling. This is storytelling. And um, we we binge or we stay focused on those stories if they engross us and mm-hmm. if we relate mm-hmm. to it. Um, I don't play chess, but there were so many elements of the storyline that I found relevance in and a connection to. So again, stories are all around us. I think the other thing I would say then is sometimes uh, we have to remember, it doesn't have to be a big dramatic story. Mm -hmm. You know, it may just be that small little observation. Um, I'll give you, this is something I'm sort of playing with right now. Um, I think I told you I have a pandemic puppy. Um, Actually, a full-grown greyhound dog that I uh, adopted during um, this pandemic. And so first time I'm a dog owner. And one of the things I'm observing, right, is that, and people used to tell me this, if you have a dog, suddenly you have a million new friends. Because as you're walking around and taking your dog for a walk, um, part of the, the routine is somebody else is there with a the dog. You let the dog sniff each other and smell each other. And then you have this little conversation mm-hmm. with another dog owner. And I thought it's such a blessing, really, during the pandemic to, you know, everybody's masked up, right? But to have those little human moments um, that are just sidewalk conversations. And I owe it to my dog, Gelsey, um, that she's helping those things happen. <laughs> so it could be, and by the way, when you write some, so I, you know, I have been writing down some notes about dog walking and making friends along the way and and those kinds of things. I don't know what I'm going to do exactly with that yet. Okay. But that's what happens with, you know, your observations and paying attention. You just start taking notes and it could be the most, the smallest thing, but you stay with it, Ben. And Mm -hmm. just, gosh, is there any element here that I can evolve or dramatize in any way? Uh, to make it a, a compelling story for for your audience. Yeah, well, that's that's fantastic, and it, it, it's so incredible how our pets will help us open up a whole new book of stories. Really, yes, exactly. <laughs> I know you have a, a dog too, and and you've been getting used to that whole new lifestyle. Oh yeah, because you know uh, Ray and I were not uh, pet owners before we had winter and. We've never been pet owners and and we never thought that we would. And look at us, we went with a big husky. <laughs> I know. And so what's transformed for you, Ben? I mean, did so this is a good example. Like, what's your discovery? What surprised you? Because here you were not a pet owner before. And then you get a dog, which we know is labor intensive. Oh, yeah. What have you discovered about yourself? Um, that we actually enjoy walks. 
And I'll tell you a funny story. Before we had winter, I, I love walks. I love walking. Ray is not a big walker. He just, he'd rather not, uh, especially in the summertime allergies or whatnot. But when we got our winter, you have to give your pets exercise. And so I realized that it forced the both of us to actually disconnect, go out for walks with winter around our neighborhood. And we're actually enjoying them. So even last night, it was like, you know, 30 degrees outside. It's cold. We went out for our usual eight o'clock walk with winter. We didn't bring our phones with us because we're enjoying our walks. We're talking, we're connecting, we're disconnecting from social media. We're actually enjoying. And you know what we've we've been doing these last few days also is enjoying all the Christmas lights in our neighborhood. So I've Mm -hmm. discovered that we enjoy our walks and that we can actually disconnect from our phones. Even if I it's a 20 it. minute walk. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, and it's funny. This is, um, um, I'm a girl that likes to, to get my eight hours of sleep. Right. And okay. my, uh, my dog tends to like to get up at periodically two in the morning, <laughs> in the morning, four in the morning. And at first I, my personal discovery was at first I was like, Oh, I just, this is the one thing I didn't want to happen, you know? <laughs> um, but I've realized that I can sort of, go back to sleep, adjust. And, and now it's no big deal. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think as much as, you know, the older we get, sometimes we think we can't change or we can't adjust or we can't pivot. Um, but I think a dog makes you realize that you've got to change continually. And this is um, an entity in your home that uh-huh. you make adjustments for and you do it out of love and they get you to do things you wouldn't normally do like that walk in 20 below zero weather around the corner. Yeah, no, that's true. And you know what? I'm actually going to jot this down today, Mary Pat, because I think this is a good story when we talk to people, especially young adults, about the importance of disconnecting from social media, disconnecting from technology. Uh, really, this, this whole conversation we've been having just made me realize, save that story. Because mm. I, might, I might be able to use that at some point. <laughs> Totally, totally. And, and, you know, you're right. I mean, that's what, you know, and I know one of the things that you had, you and I had talked about is, um, you know, what do we want to leave the audience with today? And, and one of the things that strikes me, Ben, is we're living in such an unusual time period. We all know this. Uh, mm-hmm, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in some ways, this is the richest opportunity we may have to go inward, you know, to reflect and to discover some of those stories. Um, Because I think almost anybody you would ask about how has life been under the pandemic? Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, the stories unfold dramatically. Um, Relationships flourishing, relationships ending. people rediscovering talents. Um, uh, you know, I know for myself, I, I've always fancied this idea of maybe I have a few more artistic tendencies than, than, I, than I think I have. And so I, I got out my pastel chalks and some paints and I've experimented with, with doing a little bit of art. Nothing to brag about. Oh, I love that. that. I would but you know, but I, I think those are, um, there is a lot of richness and self-discovery and mm-hmm. reflection, 
creativity innovation that's coming out of this really challenging time period. And so I would encourage your listeners and all of us to leverage this time period mm-hmm. to, to do that kind of reflection. And even the exercise we talked about with the roles, you know, get out a, a sheet of flip chart paper and stick it to the wall. And just every day that you go by it, um, take a look at that myriad of roles that you've played in your life and think through. Um, It's funny, I was looking at one the other day, Ben, and Mm -hmm. I used to coach girls basketball. And I was looking at, you know, basketball coach as one of my roles. And I was trying to think through, all right, what what did I discover and learn from that? And I distinctly remember um, a season where I was coaching uh, fifth graders. And you know, we were like the bad news bears, if that analogy works for you. It's like we uh-huh. lost every game and it was just horrible, you know. Oh. And so during the, the final game, we finally had a team where mm-hmm. we were sort of competitive with them. And I I turned into kind of a crazy person and I was like, go and let's get these guys and let's win this. And, you know, I I kind of thought, all right, Mary Pat, reel it back. Uh, you don't have to be <laughs> that overzealous about it. But at the end of the game, and this was the age group where you could actually end the game with a tie. Oh, okay. One of my, um, uh, so we ended in a tie. And I, my reaction then immediately was, oh, you know, I thought we were going to have a win, bummer. But one of my um, athletes came up to me and said, coach, isn't this great? We both won. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. Out of the mouth of babes comes, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we both won. That is a goal worth going after, creating win-win situations. So, you know, I think there's, um, our lives are a treasure trove of of stories and experiences that we can use to help educate guide, inspire, and motivate others. So I think the journey is really worth it. And I encourage all of your listeners to to go down that path. That's awesome, Mary Beth. Thank you so much. I mean, what great advice and and what words of wisdom for you to share with all of us um, and really turn this year into something positive and meaningful for everyone, despite everything we've all gone through there is an opportunity for us to, to continue to grow and be more reflective and, and find our authentic stories. So thank you so much for that. Mary Pat, it, it has been truly a pleasure and an honor chatting with you today. Thank you for being here. Um, and to my listeners, thank you for joining us today uh, and being a part of this journey of evolving with Ben. If you have any signature stories that you wanna share with us, or you have a story that's going to help inspire others, I encourage you to send them in, send them to me. You can send them via email at evolvingwithben at gmail.com. I wanna feature your stories on this show. Uh, Also, don't forget to follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Evolving With Ben. And I welcome everyone's feedback. Don't forget to leave a rating or comment on anywhere that you listen to Evolving With Ben. Uh, Mary Pat, if if listeners wanted to chat with you, network with you, anywhere we we can find you, Sure, you can, uh, probably the easiest is to go to my website, which is 
vargacom.com, V-A-R-G-A-C-O-M.com. Excellent. Thank you, Mary Pat. And there you have it, folks. Um, find your authentic stories. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you soon. Mary Pat, it's been a pleasure. Have a happy holiday season, and I can't wait to see you in person. Thank you, Ben. Same to you. See you soon, I hope. See you soon.